Hey friends, thanks for tuning in. We're going to go through Ephesians chapter 4. We're working on that. I got to tell you though, uh, right now we're living in strange times that seem to somehow manage to get stranger almost every day. But I am increasingly more and more excited about what God is doing, about the change that is afoot in the church and in my own heart. I'm glad I'm not a politician. I'm glad I'm not a physician. Uh, Right now, with all that's happening with COVID, but what I am is a follower of Christ, and that's not going to change whether we're in the same room or we're online. No matter what's happening, God is still on the throne. Jesus is still the head of His church, and so uh, I hope that you will just be forward-thinking. Just be looking forward with me to what God is up to and what He's going to accomplish, even through all that's going on right now. There's plenty of people out there who are upset and who are angry, and who are frustrated. And I say, let's just be forward-thinking people. Let's just press ahead in faith, knowing that God is still in control. All right, so if you've got your Bible handy, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to pick it up in verse 7 this week. This is what it says. It says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Aren't you glad that to each one of us, grace has been given? And Jesus himself, the Son of God, he decides how that's going to be distributed, in what proportion that's going to be distributed. Uh, I'm so thankful for that because I trust his discretion on how to distribute his gifts. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. In verses 7 and 8, Every Christian, every member of his church, the global church, all Christians throughout the world, throughout time, all of us have been given spiritual gifts by God as he sees fit. The phrase, each one of us, means each one of us, all of us. That includes you. That includes me. We've all been given this gift of grace. It can be easy to think of gifted people as the ones who have a microphone or an instrument or FaceTime in front of the church. John Piper, uh, one of my favorite preachers, he says it this way. He says, when you received grace, it was because Christ gave it to you in a measure suited to his good purposes for you and for the body. When you received grace, it was because Christ gave it to you. That's how you received it. And you received it in the exact measure that he wanted to give it to you in order to accomplish his purpose for your life and his purpose for the global church. Now, keep that in mind because the purpose is going to reveal itself in just a few verses. The purpose for him giving you those gifts, giving you his gift of grace specifically and all spiritual gifts, the reason he did that is going to reveal itself as we go. But I just have to point this out before we move on. In verse 8, it says, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, it's kind of an odd insertion. You know, you just, if you were to just read right through that, you'd be like, what the, what does that mean? Uh, he's actually quoting, the Apostle Paul is actually quoting Psalm chapter 68, verse 18. Thankfully, after he does it, in verse 9, he explains his point for using the quote, and it's literally a parenthetical statement. This is what it says in verse 9 as he's explaining this quote. He says, 
What does he ascended mean except that he who he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended came down to earth is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill his in order to fill the whole universe. The point is that Christ is over everything. And he is the source of the gift of grace and every other gift we receive in every corner of the universe, whether above or below. Essentially, Paul is establishing Christ as the giver of gifts at his own discretion. Kind of a weird insertion. Uh, Would have made sense to the original audience, but, but that's the point that he's making. Christ is the giver of all gifts as he sees fit. Now, Not only did Christ give gifts to each individual, but he also gives gifts to the entire church as a collective body, the global church. Verse 11, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, he gave them to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now in verse 7, at the very beginning, we saw that every believer is gifted with varying grace. And then down in verse 11, which we just read, it says that in addition to that, The church at large is given gifts by Christ. And some of those gifts are specifically people in varying offices. This is the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, Now, uh, let's just keep it real, okay? We live in a time and a space and a historical moment where uh, it's kind of in vogue to be cynical and critical toward leaders. Now, some of that is certainly warranted. I think we would all agree, probably just depending on which side of the aisle you're on, there are leaders in our world who deserve criticism. However, when we display that kind of behavior within the church, we have to remember where those appointments come from. In fact, I would even say, uh, just as a side note, we should remember that in terms of our political leaders. Romans 13 teaches us that we should be submissive to authority because the only authority that exists is God's authority. Everyone who is in authority over us, uh, whether it's politically or in your job or whatever, uh, they have their authority specifically because God has allowed it. All authority is appointed by God. Now, uh, am I saying that every church leader is 100% right? all of the time? Of course not. Uh, That's not even logically possible. But at a minimum, shouldn't we treat each other in accordance with the grace that we've been given? Shouldn't we be able to look at other people's failures and rather than criticize them and pounce on their flaws, shouldn't we be able to say, you know what, God has given me so much grace, surely I can give you some small measure of that same grace. I think we should. I think we should be able to look at each other that way. Now, here's a really important point to notice. In verse 12, it tells us why God put these leadership offices in place. 
to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, wait a second. I thought pastors and teachers were supposed to do the work of ministry. Actually, it says here that the role of pastors and teachers, also prophets, apostles, and evangelists, those are less common terms in our day, but the role of pastors and teachers is to equip God's people for the work of his kingdom. Pastors, teachers, also apostles, evangelists, prophets, their, their role is to equip all of the saints to do the work of ministry. We all share the work of God's big story. We all have a role to play so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, if you have ever had the feeling that maybe you're just kind of on the sidelines of church life, uh, I want to encourage you, you have a role to play. Don't stay on the sideline. Even right now in, in the world of COVID, uh, what that means for us practically is that we don't have Sunday morning gatherings. Now, let me ask you this. If we don't have a Sunday morning gathering, does that mean that we're not the church? Of course it doesn't. We're still the body of Christ, and we still all have a role to play. The gift of grace that we each receive uh, as individuals and the equipping of the entire church for works of service Those are not ends unto themselves. Receiving the gift and equipping the church for works of service, that's not the the end result that we're working toward. What we're working toward is this, verse 12, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Now, I want you to just soak this point in for just a second. Even though we all receive the gift of grace directly from God, we also, okay, I, I receive the gift of grace directly from God. You receive grace directly from God, not from me, and I don't necessarily receive that from you. It comes directly from God. We, we all receive it that way, but we also need the ministry of our fellow Christ followers, the church. We all need the ministry of the church so that we can be built up. This is how we are built up. None of us reaches full maturity in Christ on our own. Okay, if that's, uh, sometimes people like the idea of kind of being a lone ranger Christian. I just, that's so hard to reconcile Uh, with the Bible. Uh, The scripture teaches something different, so I just want to say it again. None of us reaches full maturity in Christ on our own. You can't corroborate that belief with what the scripture says. So then, how will we know when we've reached full maturity? What will that look like in everyday life? Well, over in Philippians chapter 2, Paul paints a picture of what it means to be mature, to have a mature view of our relationship to each other, how we interact with one another. So uh, I just want to read a few verses to you from Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the Spirit, 
if you have any tenderness and compassion, if Christ means anything to you, if being a part of his body means anything to you, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. The picture he paints is of a body, a body of believers building one another up through humility, through service to one another, just as God, through Christ, displayed humility by serving us. What it doesn't say is, we'll know we're mature when we sin less and we're really good at noticing the sin in other people. The attributes he points out are humility and service. This is a Christ-like mindset toward one another. I grow to full maturity in Christ as others, maybe you for example, put your God-given gifts into practice and I am the recipient of your service. Others grow to full maturity in Christ as I put my God-given gifts to work serving them. We build one another in love. The body of Christ is built up as we all take the gifts that he has deposited into us and use them to serve one another in love, just as Christ did for us. This is how we grow. The church is God's plan. There is no backup. Uh, there, is no, uh, there is no losing uh, Jesus said, interestingly, just as a total sidebar, what did he say about his church? He said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, now, uh, I conceptualized that for a long time to mean that no matter what Satan does, no matter what the world throws at us, he's not going to take the church down. But, but what does a gate do? A gate is not an instrument of offense. It's actually an instrument of defense. The church is moving forward. Hell is on the defensive, and it can't be, the church cannot be stopped. The church is God's plan. There is no backup. So I would say to each one of us, in the strongest terms possible, let's not view each other as problems to be fixed. Let's not look at people that way. Let's not emphasize what everyone else is doing wrong. Let's not view the church through the lens of politics or preference. We are the body of Christ, designed by him and for him, so that each one of us can be built into the image of our Lord, of our leader, of our Savior. Now lastly, for today... Uh, we, we reach the culmination of this section in verses 14 through 17. I just want to read through that with you really quickly. Verse 14 says, Then, after, after all of this, after we, have, uh, after we have served one another, the body has been equipped, and we are building one another up in love. It says, Then we will no longer be infants, 
tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. As we use the gift of grace to build one another up, we become mature. We become steadfast. As we reach maturity, we no longer run from one pursuit to another, from one fear to another, from one doctrinal camp to another. As we build each other up, the whole church, the whole body of Christ becomes stronger, becomes more stable. Verse 15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. We often use this phrase, truth in love, sort of interchangeably. Uh, We use it to mean, I'm going to tell you what I think. But that's really not what it says. I I just say this. um, If it's not true, then it's not loving. And if it's not loving, then it's not true. Now, theoretically, the words could be true without love. But, But if my intent comes from a deceitful heart, then I'm not being truthful, even if the words are true. I'm certainly not being loving. On the other hand, untrue words are certainly not loving. We should use the phrase truth in love with caution. uh, And when we use it, we should make sure that we're actually doing it. Last, Last verse says, from the whole body joined and held together with by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. From him, the church matures. From him, the church, his followers, this body, from him, the church builds itself up. From him, we grow in love. All of that stems from Christ. This maturation happens as each part does its work. As you and I play our role in God's big story, we are built up in love. So here's the big idea that I, I want to I just share with you. I hope you'll grab onto this. I hope you'll put it to work in your life. Here's the big idea. We mature and grow and gain strength through Christ. And this happens as each of us plays our part in the family that he has created. We grow, we gain strength through Christ, and it happens as each of us plays our part. That's the mechanism that he has decided to use to build us up. Why bother? Why bother being critical? Why should we bother with that? Anybody can do that. Everyone is doing that. Almost everyone is doing that right now. Why bother being critical? Why bother going to so much effort, as many people are, to let the world know what you're against and who we hate? Why bother with that? Why, why go to all of the trouble of dissecting where we think everyone else is wrong? Why sit on the sidelines and focus on ourselves when we could be the agents of upbuilding and encouragement for someone else? Not only could we be the agent of upbuilding and encouragement, but we are meant to be agents of upbuilding and encouragement for others. So I want to give you a challenge uh, to just 
consciously point out the good in others this week. Point out the good in others this week. Uh, when you're cruising social media, don't share the article about what you're against. Share something positive. Point out the good in other people. Let somebody else carry the burden of being critical. You were made to glorify God through the gift of His grace, which already belongs to you. I love my church family. Uh, these are indeed strange times that we're living in. I'm looking forward to having them behind us, but I'm also looking forward to the challenge of pressing ahead with whatever comes over the next several months, pressing ahead with the challenge of being who we're meant to be, building one another up in Christ until we all reach full maturity and likeness of Him.